live from the capital of the Commonwealth. This is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. So I'm not going to say this story has gone under the radar because the Sports Center we all just listened to led with it. So it's hard to be a lead story and say it's under the radar. But it was for us because we only talk college football basically in the 4 o'clock hour. And I actually had two stories that I think were a little under the radar, at least for us, in the in the 4 o'clock hour. And that's one of them. I think it's making headlines nationally in the NFL. And that's the Travis Kelsey injury. For the Kansas City Chiefs, the all-pro tight end, practice today, knee injury. What are they calling it? A hyperextended knee. And now he is uncertain for Thursday night's game against the upstart surging. Everybody's jumping on the bandwagon of the Detroit Lions Thursday night. That could change the line for the Lions come Thursday night. And Andy Reid was his typical stoic self, just the next guy steps in and we roll. That's what you do if he doesn't play. That all sounds good, but you got an all-pro at tight end here who's kind of the heart and soul of your team. Maybe not the face of your team because that's obviously Patrick Mahomes, but he might be the heart and soul of that team. And that's why it's so difficult to repeat as champions in any sport. Uh, I remember when the Rams won it, what, how many years ago the Rams won it? Two years ago? Three yeah. years ago? Three, right? Um, you know, I said right away, I'm not picking them to repeat as Super Bowl champs because it's just so hard to do. And injuries play such a factor in that. And everybody's, you know, aiming for you and game planning for you. And, you know, Matt and I talked about all this extra time you have to prepare for an opponent. That would be one that you would spend extra time on. I guarantee you the Detroit Lions have spent extra time on the Kansas City Chiefs because they've had ample opportunity to do that. If you weren't playing the defending Super Bowl champs, maybe you only prepare as you would prepare for any opponent during the regular season. But I think in this case, a lot of their summer has been spent seeing red. Kansas City red. So see how that affects them. What, what's um, the over-under on Pacheco's receiving yards? <laughs> Ask Matt that question. I don't know the answer to that question. He's, but, he, it looks like he's the only one that can catch a pass on, on this offense. Well, even more so now, right? Um, yeah, that that's possible. I think the Lions know that too, certainly, moving forward. So that again, that's why it makes it just so much harder to repeat, and I was—I pretty much convinced myself. I was like, "Well, this could be the year that it actually could happen." And and now with a little bit of a chink in the armor here, who knows? He might come out and be able to play Thursday. I wouldn't put it past Travis Kelsey to do that at all—to to say, hey, "I'm better. I'll play and see what happens." But it's just those little things that start to add up for teams that are defending defending champions, and that's that's what makes it so hard to do and you've got that first game on a thursday night the whole country's watching uh, i'm not saying detroit's gonna win because i don't think they are i think they're up against it you know in kansas city they're gonna whatever raise the banner give the rings do all of that uh i think that emotion will help carry the chiefs a little bit beyond kickoff and i you know i think they win um- yeah. I'm over this Detroit thing, man. Look, if they can't beat this Chiefs offense on Thursday, <laughs> then they're Detroit and we need to let it go. I love Dan. I love the coach as much Campbell. as anybody. Dan yeah, Campbell. Dan Campbell. I love yeah. that guy. I, I love a lot of people, but 
But, you know, as much as the Cardinals are going to get beat by the Commanders, like the, the Lions, if they're legit, should beat this Chiefs team. Well, I think they're legit, but I don't think they've risen to that level yet. But I do think in, in you know, the NFC North, they are legit and could win the division. But I don't think they are on the Chiefs or, for that matter, the Eagles level yet or the Bengals level yet or the 49ers level yet. But they're getting there. No, but I'm saying with the with the wide receiving staff that Chiefs have with Kelsey being out, I mean, this is a time that you should be able to do a knockout blow if you are a playoff team. And and on the defensive side, Chris Jones is still holding out, so he's not going to play. So that's what I mean. These things these things happen, uh, and it makes it a lot harder. I mean, those are two pretty significant guys that they may not have. Now, they've been able to, to, to scheme and game plan and prep without Jones because he's been in this holdout, you know, for all preseason. So they, they've at least been able to put a game plan together without him. But that's still a huge void at defensive tackle. And now if you've only got two days, not even two days, to prep not having your all-pro tight end, those are significant losses. So the hope, I think, unfortunately for you, AJ, I think the hopes have gone even higher for the Detroit Lions for Thursday. I think even more money is coming in on the Lions now for, for Thursday. But I don't think they're at the Chiefs level yet. I just don't. All right, then we need to stop talking. You stop yeah, there's another like one to add to the list. This is annoying you just like conference realignment annoyed you. We're not talking about that. Now we're not talking about the Lions. Uh, by the way, the spread went down about a point and a half after the Kelsey injury listen to me talking point spreads and lines and all that matt's rubbing off on you i get but now again i have to i have to every time give that qualifier but i don't participate i'm i'm just looking at the menu i am not ordering right off that menu six and a half to five it went down at caesars for for kansas city on uh on thursday night against the lions so we'll see all right uh, and then the other one i set another record today aj it's almost an hour and ten minutes and not a peep uh, of baseball talk. Not a peep of baseball talk. And you're still going. <laughs> I'm still going. No, but that's about to end because that's the other under-the-radar thing from over the weekend. Um, and, and I don't want to, like, blow any more smoke their way than this radio station already does because doesn't it seem to you like every promo we run is for how great the Atlanta Braves are right now? They've put a gun to my head and told I me, mean, no, they're, they're very diverse. Uh, no, it's all Braves this, Bra- uh, and I'm I'm being facetious because they deserve it, and we do carry their game, so we should be happy about it. But, hey, look, they took three out of four from the Dodgers in Los Angeles yeah, yeah, over the weekend. And, look, this is not a May or June series. We're down to the last 30 days, less than 30 days, and there's a legitimate chance these teams will meet in October. So why not start to get the upper hand, you know, a month or so ahead of that. And boy, did the Braves ever do that. Uh, taking three out of four in Los Angeles, pretty significant. You know what that. though? They remind me of the Minnesota Vikings that went 14 and two and lost to the giants. Could be. I, that, that I just have this, uh, not to crap on Braves fans, but I don't know, man. It's just, they're too dominant right now. <laughs> I think, I think they're going to run out of gas. I don't disagree with that, but like, how do you how do you stop that? Like, the point of each night, each game is to win. So you do your best to win 
that night. I, I, I am a firm believer in that, particularly in baseball, particularly in Major League Baseball. Those guys are so indoctrinated and well-trained for what they do that they do. They compartmentalize, and they just try and win that day or that night's game. And it doesn't really matter, you know, what else is going on with the standing, any of that. So I give them all the credit in the world for doing it. And you're right. They are the most dominant team. Uh, and, you know, another a stat that I really enjoy looking at at this point, and they've added this to the MLB.com stats page in the last, I don't know, year or so, is your record against teams that are over 500. So basically good teams, right? right. And the Braves, well, they're beating everybody. They're 47-28. and 28 against teams that have a record over 500. There are only four National League teams that have records over 500 against teams that are over 500, and two of those are one game over. Milwaukee and Philly are both 40 and 39 in games against teams over 500. That that kind of tells you how good of and, a team they and are. And they're creaming them. They're creaming they teams. They are. That's the other part of it, but that's that's the stat that I'm not as crazy about, and that's the run differential. But you're right. Uh, however, spell cream and put it in italics, bold print, and all capital letters because they are creaming people. That's a great word. 239 run differential for the Atlanta Braves. That's ridiculous. That's like over 100 more than any other team has an advantage, just about. Tampa Bay is at 184 um, second. And I'm only salty because I'm a Mets fan. Well, you don't have to keep bringing that up this year. We all feel for you. Yeah. Well, no, we don't. We really don't. But anyway, um, so that, that stat doesn't do as much for me. Uh, there, are, there are two stats in Major League Baseball that really don't do much for me. That run differential is one because it's, it's easy enough to win a game one night 12-1 to one, and lose the next three in a four-game series by one run, and now you've outscored your opponent by nine, and you've lost three of the four games. True, but the, the Braves, they're – They have yeah. No, they haven't. I agree. I absolutely agree with you on that. But I, I can see, you know, and it's not really playing out that way this year that much, but there could be teams with – well, there's a wild-card team that's minus 24. Arizona is minus 24 run differential right now, and they're the the third wild-card team in the National League. So that's, that's kind of my point there. And the other one that bugs me more than any um, is, is this um, – not launch angle, but uh, exit velocity. I guess that's what they call it, right? How hard the ball comes off the bat. That, that's another uh, that drives me nuts. I get it. On occasion, that makes sense because an infielder can't get to a ball quickly enough. They, they know the instincts to dive, and a hard-hit ball is better than a softly hit ground ball to the shortstop. I get that. But there are so many hits in baseball that just bloop in, dunk down the line, uh, infield hits, you know, blooper, all those kind of things that I just think it's a little over. And the one that, that drives me even more nuts, only because it's impressive, I guess, is exit velocity on home runs. What difference does that one make? The guy can't catch the ball anyway. What difference does it matter how fast it went out? It could just go high up in the air and come down behind the fence. You know, scrape paint off the back of the fence, as we used to say back in the minor league days. Uh, anyway. I, I digress here. I digress. But those are the two stories that we hadn't really touched on the 4 o'clock hour that I think were of note. The Travis Kelsey injury coupled with the Chris Jones holdout might be some chinks in the armor of the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll see what the Lions can do with all of that on Thursday night. Uh, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are still there, so my money would still be on the, Lion, uh, on the Chiefs 
hypothetically. Well, apparently hypothetically. the Lions are going to win the Super Bowl and the NBA <laughs> uh, Finals. So, you know, I'm going to go with Detroit. <laughs> oh, you're on your eight game there, man. And then the Braves take it three out of four. That was the other story I just thought was a little under the radar because of all the great college football uh, that we had this, this weekend. All right, here's what we've got in the next 45 minutes or so on the Tuesday. It's not Monday, Tuesday, Sports Idol. These are this afternoon's top sports stories. I'm sure he'll be fascinated by all the uh, stories you have to tell. This is today's Drive Home Headlines. Drive Home Headlines are brought to you by James River Air. If you're not confident in your heating and cooling provider, switch to James River Air and save up to 30%. Check them out online at jamesriverair.com. And this is a week in which you may need both your heating and cooling systems not so much heating although by the end of the week that's what i was kind of getting at it is supposed to cool down a bit it is september after all but obviously you could use your cooling system for the next several days when we're going to be uh in the upper 90s i guess tomorrow and wednesday still before it starts to cool off uh thursday friday and and pretty nice i think for for the weekend uh all right coming up at 5 30 more college football talk mentioned this a couple times and when matt was on uh, earlier in the afternoon, Jalen Walker, linebacker for the James Madison Dukes from Verina, is going to chat with us. He has already chatted with me. Actually, you'll hear the conversation at 530. The Dukes practice in the afternoon, so they're on the practice field and then meetings and all of that. So we were able to catch up with him earlier today. Really nice conversation. He'll talk about the win over Bucknell, uh, the game against UVA, the topic that Matt and I were discussing, and that is the fact that JMU on the road is a favorite at Virginia. Times have changed very quickly. And did you know, I guess you would have if you're a fan of JMU or UVA, especially of JMU, because I'm sure for years you begged to have this game on your schedule. It's only the fourth time JMU and UVA have met. And they haven't played in 40 years. I mean, JMU's played Virginia Tech in that time frame, but not UVA, and they are now. So... The last meeting was in 1983, and quite honestly, JMU was really just getting going as a football team in 1983. Remember, their history doesn't date back like Tech or UVA or Richmond or William & Mary or VMI. Uh, So it's only the fourth all-time meeting, and UVA leads it 2-1. JMU is favored to make that 2-2 on Saturday in Charlottesville. It will be a very emotional day with the ceremonies honoring the three that we lost uh, tragically last year, and it's the first home game for UVA um, uh, since that happened last year. So we'll talk with Jalen Walker coming up at 530. Um, Open until then, 804-327-0888. Get a timeout here, come back on the other side on an absolutely sun-splashed, and yes, Bruce, here's your cue to call, sun-drenched, hot, September, Tuesday afternoon. Thanks for locking in. 106.1 ESPN. This weekend, the Spiders face an FBS-sized challenge as they head to East Lansing to take on the Michigan State Spartans. Catch all the action beginning Saturday afternoon at 3 here on 106.1 ESPN. Your home for the Richmond Spiders in the capital city. want to give uh, a couple of shout outs here to a couple of our local college football teams who really got it done this past week and i'm surprised reggie actually didn't bring this up when we were talking particularly morgan state and its win over richmond but how about what virginia state and virginia union did this weekend particularly virginia state division two team 
knocking off an FCS team, beating uh, Norfolk State last week, 33-24. So that one was pretty pretty impressive, right? Uh, you got to give them a lot of credit for that, for a D2 team to beat a D1 team. That game was in Norfolk also, and Virginia State won that one, the Labor Day Classic, uh, down there near the beach. And then Virginia Union, just a dominating performance in its win um, over Morehouse, 45-13. to 13. And the guy who wowed college football last year, Jada Byers, was at it again. Uh, last season, he rushed for... 1,928 yards, and he started out uh, on fire again, 147 yards on 24 carries. Had touchdown, three touchdown runs in that game and was obviously named the offensive MVP. So great start for both Virginia Union and Virginia State. Union over Morehouse, 45-13. They played that game as the Black College Hall of Fame Classic in Canton, Ohio, and then Virginia State, on the road, basically, beating Norfolk State. It was down in Norfolk, 33-24. to So good start for both of them. And then also a shout-out to VMI for its victory over Davidson, a, a team they've actually dominated uh, over the course of time. And Davidson has gotten better. Now they're a non-scholarship program, VMI in the Southern Conference, and uh, they took care of business with a 12-7 win. They got a late score in that game to win it. Uh, I was reading a little bit about it over the weekend. Didn't didn't get a chance to see it. So congrats to them. Colin Ironside, the VMI quarterback, 239 yards passing in that game. And VMI with a late touchdown in the fourth quarter knocks off Davidson 12-7 to to start its season. Let's see, Ironside, was that, well, that's a great name, by the way, for a college football player. Colin Ironside, 17 of 27, 239, and a touchdown in that one. So... Uh, good job by uh, by VMI as well. So kudos to VMI, to Virginia Union, to Virginia State on uh, on their victories. All right, 522. Again, we'll talk some JMU football at 530. They play the Virginia Cavaliers at Scott Stadium on Saturday afternoon. With that, we go to the phones. Chris, thanks for calling. How are you? Hey, Bob. How you doing? Good, sir. How about you? Hey, doing well. I, I just caught my ear that you said that JMU was a favorite this weekend. And, um, <laughs> so I, I thought I would ask what your opinion is. Do you think JMU actually has a chance or they're just I, taking UVA while we're down? No, well, I think there's probably a little of both. But I do think JMU has a legit chance to just outright win the game. Uh, and cover by seven, potentially. I think, you know, Virginia's got its problems right now. they got a quarterback situation. They're just not that very good. I wonder how much the emotion will carry them on Saturday. This is a rare opportunity for JMU. Their players know it. Uh, I think they're going to be sky high for this game. I think JMU can win this game. I'm not ready to say yet that they will, Chris, but I do think they, they can can definitely win this game. Gotcha. You, you think just just off top? You think it's safe to say that you gave? I mean, I'm a UVA fan. I've, and football has been rough the last probably ten years. But you think it's safe to declare UVA just a basketball school now? 
I, I wouldn't go quite that far. First of all, they got a lot of other sports that are really good, too. I know we focus almost all of our attention on football and men's basketball. And to say that they are a basketball school, I don't have a problem with that because they're really good at basketball, and I think they're going to have a really good year this season. Uh, and their football program is struggling. I mean, let's be honest, that's the number one goal right now at UVA, I would think, is to make football competitive again. And I, I'm just not so sure it can happen this year. I just think there's – there's, there's too many of their position groups that are really thin, and they just don't have the talent at the moment. You know, will they win Saturday? Maybe. But I think it's going to be a long year for them. I really do. Yeah, it definitely will, especially watching Clemson lose to Duke. So, yeah, I think we're going to be at the bottom. So, October can't come early enough. <laughs> till, till basketball gets going, I, I I know what you're saying for sure for for all Virginia fans. But don't don't give up hope on them yet. I mean, I think they'll find a way to to win a couple of games, three four games along the way here, and hopefully start to show some show some progress. But I, I said this earlier. You know, we already talked about it, whose year is it more important for Brent Pry or Tony Elliott. I, I would think it's more important for Brent Pry moving forward. I think you got to give Tony Elliott a little bit of a pass still. I know fans don't want to be patient with that, but but he's gone through some unprecedented tragic stuff here, and I think you need to give him a little time to still rebuild this program. Oh, definitely. I, I give him credit. They, they, actually, UVA held, held him at bay through the whole first quarter up into the second, and then just all yep. just couldn't move the ball. Yeah, and again, there's your question mark. I don't know what they're going to do offensively. Who knows what the quarterback situation is going to be like. Um, you know, if Musket can't play, the, the rookie could come in and, and be gangbusters for them uh, because he'll be the great unknown. So, yeah, find out find out at noon on Saturday. I guess we will. But yep. either way, um, you know, who's basketball already? They'll be ready. They'll, they'll be good. We'll talk a lot about them for sure. Uh, all right, Chris. Thanks. Appreciate. it. Let's talk uh, later in the week or next week after the game, and we'll uh, we'll we'll review it. Thank you, Chris. Uh, JMU and Virginia kick off at noon Saturday at uh, Scott Stadium in Charlottesville. Um, I hate to pick against Virginia, especially this week, but I mean, I watched enough of the game Saturday, the forty nine thirteen game against Tennessee, and you know they hung around for a little while, but. You know, a lot of teams hang around for a little while, but that's why they play 60 minutes. And the second half wasn't much of a game. And JMU had an easy one against Bucknell. They'll be rested. They'll be ready to go. Um, I'm, I'm trying to talk myself into actually picking JMU. You know, it's this funny. One. I was going to ask you that when we came back from break, and then Chris called, and he said he was going to talk about it. I was like, yes, exactly, because yeah. you, you asked Matt, but you didn't chime in yourself. Yeah. Um, Bob, always go to matchups, brother. That's what put me through school. Always yeah. look at matchups. <laughs> and again, you know, UVA was without one of their key defensive guys last week in Chico Bennett. Will he play? What's the quarterback situation? Really for both teams. Uh, but I, I I do like the skilled the position players for, for JMU. I think they're good. So, uh, And they're at their level now. I mean, this is FBS versus FBS, even with JMU only in its second year. They've already shown they can compete at the FBS level. This is not your old FCS, FBS game by any stretch of the imagination. Um, well, Chris, yeah, I hope you're listening. Matt, I hope you're not UVA. Easy choice. You, you, you go, easy choice. Easy choice. I'm going UVA. 
that that inclines me to go JMU even more, just so you Do and it. I have something to disagree over. Do it. I can't wait. Um, I can't, I know, can't wait I'm, when that defense faces that offense. When when what? UVA's defense faces. Really? You think, you th- well, I mean, they're better. UVA's defense is certainly better. You, you don't, you're not wrong there at all. But I don't know. There's just something about JMU. But Dude, the uh, tragedy. I, these kids are going to go out there fighting. I know. Out. I'm with you on that, too. I am. But, you know, I don't know. The odds makers know something, AJ, almost always. Seven-point underdog at home. They got to know something about this game, I think. I don't know. They're swaying me a little bit. Let's let's do it. I'll say JMU will win. Uh, I don't know if they'll cover or not. Like I said, I'm not really in that world entirely, but I will say JMU will win this game. Now that's no shade to Jalen Walker. Not at all. I know. talk about me. I know because he's he, gonna he's gonna get at least one sack. There you go. That's another. That's a good. Uh, what do they call that? What kind of bet is that? I forget the name. I'm, I'm blanking on it right now. But a prop bet. A prop bet? That's prop what bet. it is. That he'll have at least one one quarterback sack. Good for you, AJ. I like that. We'll keep an eye on that on, on Saturday as well. All right. Uh, speaking of Jalen Walker, I spoke with him a few hours ago just before they went out to uh, meetings and practice. Uh, talked about their win over Bucknell, his play, his evolution over the last couple of years as a young linebacker now into a veteran a role with the Dukes and playing this game at JMU, both just what it's all about from a competitive standpoint and, you know, whether they've actually talked about, you know, how they're going to handle what will be an emotional day in, in Charlottesville. So all of that coming up next. Uh, uh, and we talk some Verina football, you Verina fans out there. He certainly hasn't forgotten about you guys. He's still following every step uh, Verina football's taken, and it's taken some good steps already early in this high school season. So Jalen Walker conversation coming up right after the break, 1061. ESPN. A lot of sports with a whole lot of opinion, which means you've got a whole lot of listening to do. Big Al is live from 8 to 10 weekday mornings on 1061 ESPN Richmond. Sports Huddle continues this afternoon. Lots of college football talk and lots of college football action coming up this weekend. Spotlight will certainly be bright in Charlottesville, where the James Madison Dukes visit the Virginia Cavaliers. We got a chance to catch up with one of those Dukes, local guy from right here in the RVA from Verina. The Dukes junior linebacker Jalen Walker joins us this afternoon. Jalen, thanks for the time. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm just blessed to be here. Thanks for having me on here. You know, just taking one day day by day and just preparing for UVA this Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Always love having the hometown guys on. Uh, good start for you and the guys against Bucknell. I know you were in about five tackles and a quarterback sack and a tackle for loss, and your defense posted, it looks like, really shut down numbers. Nine first downs, only 62 yards rushing, about 200 yards of total offense for, for Bucknell. And I realize FCS opponent in this case, but what, what was your overall takeaways from the first game? How much of what you guys wanted to accomplish did you accomplish in preparing for this week? You know, going into the games, we always had our goals to just attack, swarm, and just play as a team and, and ball out and just have fun out there. So we went out there first half, was kind of shaky as coach explained. But in the second half, we pulled through, and I feel like we did great as a defense of holding them to three points. And, you know, we just got to keep stacking these games and and just keep having fun. Where were you coming out of preseason, did you think, both yourself individually and as a defensive unit as you played that first game? You know, just just take us through the process of the preseason as you guys came together as a unit. As a preseason, you know, we got um, another linebacker to mention, Aiden Fisher. We've been um, 
trying to install this defense called um, where it's three linebackers on the field because Coach Haynes is our defensive coordinator. So in the preseason, we just mainly been working on different types of ways, different schemes, and different formations to you know, you know, confuse the offense. And and, and, it, and we showed um, this game versus Bucknell. And, yeah, we just been pairing mentally, physically, and just trying to get better and build chemistry. So I'm glad you mentioned that, Jalen. You had a new linebacker you were bringing into the linebacker. You were that guy, right? A year ago, you know, you take over for uh, Demonte Tucker Dorsey, right? It was a, an All-American, all and all of a sudden, there it is, and it's your turn a year ago. Can you kind of think back to what you went through a year ago and how you feel now being an established member of that linebacking room? Last year was a movie. I can say that, you know. Having um, Demonte Tucker um, transferring, it just uh, it just another step I just had to take. I was always ready for the moment, and I seized the moment, and I was just blessed to be able to be in a part of the moment. And you know, having Ada Fisher be able to do the same thing is like wow, man. It's just it's it's crazy. You know, Coach Haynes, he's a great coach. He developed a lot of great linebackers, and to see that we have three linebackers on the field at once is it's gonna be a scary sight. Mm-hmm. Um, so last year you have you have this breakout year and you have it in JMU's first year at FBS and and in the Sun Belt Conference. What was that kind of like for you? Because I mean, I think you you played your freshman year right in in twenty one, but you guys didn't even play any FBS teams that year. How how different has it been being at that FBS level now? Um, a lot of people said that the FBS level and the FCS level is it's not really much of a change other than like the the, the, the linemen and like the size. So you know, we just went out there and just believed in ourselves on our FBS level and just showed what the showed the world what we was capable of. I always had that damn you defense attack, and we just showed, and we and we really made everybody proud. And we just got to keep stacking and just show what we got this year. So this year, somewhat similar to last year, you really still don't have a shot at at the ultimate prize, right? At the at the championship, at the bowl game. I think there's a little bit of a way you possibly could get a bowl game if things fall your way. But how have you guys kind of approached and attacked that? Uh, that you kind of have to, you know, make your own goals because you can't get to where the the conference champion would get this year. Yeah, you know, coming off of that. We just got to keep showing the world what we got. Just keep dominating the team that's put in front of us. We can't really control on the bowl games and stuff like that. All we can control is when in front of us. So, you know, just take it day by day and just take game by game and just, you know, just execute. So there's maybe another way that we all realize JMU has arrived. Not that you haven't already done that with what you guys did last year, but you're playing Virginia Saturday, mm-hmm. in-state opponent, in their facility and yet you guys are actually favored. I'm not saying you look at all that stuff. You know, us talk show guys, we talk about it. But you guys are actually favored in this game at UVA. What kind of statement does that make for your program? It means a lot, you know. For us, just having one season in the FBS, you know, just being like a favorite, it means a lot. But, you know, that's just how the politics feel as, and it's just rat poison. So, like, we don't really be into, like, stuff like that. We just – be dialed in and be ready for what's put in front of us. All right. Now, one of the other elements coming Saturday, uh, you're obviously well aware of it, obviously in the same state. You're only, you know, an hour or so away from Charlottesville. We all know the tragedy that they went through, Jalen. And, you know, first home game now at Scott Stadium since that happened. Devin Chandler, Lavelle Davis, Deshaun Perry, they'll honor them before the game. Have you guys talked at all about that, about how you'll have to handle that and the emotion and the lead up to, to kick off on Saturday? 
Yeah, we talked about it. You know, it's, it was a trap, and we um, felt sorry for their loss. You know, it's sad. And I think we're um, this this game where we're like decoys on our helmets of like the players' numbers on the players' jersey numbers on our helmets. You know, we just appreciate them and we show love because it it could have been one of us, could have been one of our. It, that's them kids with somebody signed. That was they were they were teammates, and you know they just they meant they meant some to other people. So you know we we feel genuine. And, you know, I just yeah. And, and, and Jalen, uh, I appreciate you talking about this just a little bit because you went through your own tragedy w- with your dad. Um, you know, we, we know all about that because you are a local guy and from here in the Verina um, area. Um, and, and you still honor him on a, on a daily and game-by-game basis, don't you? Yes, sir. You know, um, one, thing, one, one thing I do every game is um, put RP Dad on my, my wrist tape so he just remind me. And, you know, there's just some things that – just stick with you forever. I've been doing that since I was in high school, since you passed away. And I, I just know he's looking above me, just proud of me. So I just got to keep stacking and just keep making him proud, you know. Uh, I think all of Richmond and certainly all of Verina is proud of you. Do you stay in touch with your with your guys back there at Verina? And obviously they're off to another strong start this season. Oh, yeah, of course. Shout out to the Route 5 guys, you know, back <laughs> home. They're still putting on. You know, any chance I get any off by, by week, I try to come. And come show my face, you know, and try to come be a leader to the young guys and be a motiv- motivational. You know, I love Rafael. I appreciate those guys. So, I've been there once. I know how it is. All right, let, let's go back to the present. Let's finish up with what you got in front of you on Saturday. Um, I know it's still relatively early in the week. What have you seen from Virginia? Obviously, they had a tall task in that first game at Tennessee for mm-hmm. sure. But what did you see from the from the Virginia offense? No matter what, they're going to always play their game. They're going to play fast. They got great running backs, great offensive line, great receivers, and great quarterbacks. So, you know, they're going to bring, they, they're going to bring it all. So, we just got to be ready. We got to execute, and we just got to ball out. And we're ready, we're ready for the challenge. Yeah, I would think so. Uh, and how are you guys approaching this one? I mean, it's a non-conference game. You got your Sun Belt Conference schedule ahead of you, but pretty big deal to, to get an opportunity against a, a state foe on, on their field? Yeah, you know, um, like you reached the outside, it was breaking up a little bit. Yeah, um, just what's the kind of emotion that you guys have going in there, state opponent? We know the Sun Belt Conference schedule is most important, and it's still to come. But you know the opportunity mm-hmm. that you're presented with, which JMU doesn't get very often to play at a school like UVA. Yeah, this game is like more of like a, a bragging rights game. You know, you see who the best in Virginia, other than like other schools like Liberty and Virginia Tech that we don't really get to play. So having a chance to play UVA. It's going to be fun, competitive, and at the end, it will be bragging rights. Absolutely. Well, go get those bragging rights. Good luck. And it was fun catching up with you today. And like I said, all of the RVA and Verina are really proud of what you're doing there for for JMU. Thank you, Jalen. Thank you so much. Y'all have a great day. Well, of course he has fond memories of his time at Verina. I mean, they were wildly successful, would always make the playoffs, uh, had a Region 5B title, I guess, in 2019 maybe and uh, reached the state semifinals. And a good two-way player, you know, as most of these college guys are. They went both offense and defense. But he was a, he was a really good offensive player as well. And I think there was probably some thought once he committed to JMU, would it be linebacker or running back? And as we've talked about, Matt and I talked about it also, uh, JMU just always seems to have a large, large stable of talented running backs. So they put him at linebacker. He obviously had to replace a great one, an All-American, and he's done that. Uh, And he's now one of their leading tacklers and one of their leaders 
on that defensive side. So see what kind of game he has. Uh, AJ's already predicted uh, what one one quarterback sack, one for... sack. Let's go five <laughs> go tackles. Even... Okay, that's kind of what his numbers were last week. So that would be very consistent for him. So we'll By see. By the way, what... as someone yeah. who played both ends, both sides, hitting people was always more fun. Yeah, there you go. What level he was that? Right. High school. <laughs> I... It it wasn't college. No. Let me tell you. <laughs> no, I think we would we would have heard about that. Yeah, but, uh, something about me being 5'10 yeah. mattered to them at the time, as at if the, yep. London Fletcher didn't blow up yet. <laughs> the, the comparisons are there, though, I guess. I'd like to think so, but yeah, probably not. Yeah, I know you would, and and we could we could pretend. All right, noon, noon Saturday, JMU and UVA in Charlottesville at Scott Stadium. All right, let's finish it up here. We'll come back on the other side, finish up the Tuesday sports huddle, and get you set for what we got coming up tonight and tomorrow. Thanks for locking in on a Tuesday afternoon, 1061 ESPN. As the Braves roll toward the 2023 postseason, there is one goal in mind, a World Series title. They still have plenty of obstacles to clear before that, and you can hear all the action here on your exclusive home for the Atlanta Braves in the capital city. 1061 ESPN, Richmond. Well, it probably is time we started getting into the NFL again. Kind of had that lull there for about 10 days from the time the preseason games ended and cut down day, got them down to the 53. And then everybody kind of went into their shells at that point, right? At that point, camps were over. Fans weren't coming to preseason practices. They got down to the real business at that point, started game planning for their first opponent. And the first game's just two days away. Lions and Chiefs, Kansas City, Thursday night. A lot more intrigue in that game even now, and there was plenty to begin with, with a lot of people jumping on the Lions bandwagon, and the Chiefs get off to a good start to repeat as Super Bowl champs, and then Chris Jones holds out, and now Travis Kelsey gets hurt. I still think there's a sneaking suspicion he might play by Thursday. They've made no announcement on that whatsoever. They called it a hyperextended knee, uh, which does sound like it would keep him out, but... Who knows with that guy? He's tough. See, um, I think the the fact they're playing Thursday is smart to keep him out. Why rush yeah. him with a couple of days, and then they'll have a week and a half to repair? Exactly. Exactly. It makes a lot of sense. It really does. Uh, and obviously, a long season. You got eighteen weeks to play seventeen games, and um, you know there'll be other. But and they can win without him. Uh, anyway, and they're not against the Detroit Lions. <laughs> no, definitely not against the, the Detroit Lions. Everybody's favorite this year. They're coming after you. They're coming after or you. Or as I AJ. call them, Cleveland Junior. Cleveland Junior. Because that's exactly what this has been. I'm not going to harp on it, but I'm just saying, like, Cleveland every year. I had to hear yeah. that. Uh, Brown's open with the Bengals. I think Joe Burrow's going to play, right? I think uh, he should be healthy enough to play for the Bengals. That's a 1 o'clock game on CBS. I'm rooting for a tie. Which could happen. Could happen. Uh, I'm really intrigued by 49ers Steelers. I think that's that's one of my games of the day. Yeah. Right there. That's a measuring stick. Yep. Do, that, who's that, who's starting for the 49ers as quarterback? Uh, that's a great question. Um, yeah, that that's a good question for San Francisco. Huh. I'm looking Take right look now. At that. I'm, I'm, I think... <sighs> so, it's it says Brock, but it has right. to be Sam, right? I, uh, he's, I know he's the starter... I don't. I, I think it's Brock. I think it, I think Purdy is starting. Thought he was still injured. We'll have to check on that. I should know these things, AJ, but I don't. 
Otherwise, yeah, it would be Sam Darnold would, would start at quarterback for the 49ers. So I like the Steelers' chances there uh, in that one. All right, my Eagles got the Patriots. That's one of the late games on Sunday. I think it's a CBS game. It is. And the Sunday night game, which we will actually have on our airwaves, is Cowboys-Giants. I love that to start the year with an NFC East matchup, just as there will be an AFC East matchup on Monday night with really great intrigue between the Bills and the Jets. Are the Jets for real? Is Aaron Rodgers got one more left in him? Or is Josh Allen going to steal the spotlight on Monday? That's a great Monday night game. Good for them, I think. Uh, And a good Sunday night game, Cowboys-Giants. I love that. NFC East on Sunday night, AFC East on Monday night. Cowboys-Giants at games at the Meadowlands, at MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford. Um, I think it's my heart telling me to pick the Giants. I don't like either one of them particularly, but it's always fun to root against the Cowboys, right? So Giants are going to win. I, I think you might be right on that one, that the Giants Giants are going to win. And then I don't game. know between the Bills and the Jets, but the Bills will not have as good a season. I'm not going to say they're going to suck, but they're, they're not going to have that big season this year. I think it would be hard to pick against the Jets in this one. Home opener, Monday night, Aaron Rodgers, all of that. I mean, I still think the Bills are going to be good. The Jets are what I call a Madden team. Like, on paper, they should be good. Like, you sit down to play a video game, you pick the Jets, you'll throw 80 points. But Madden teams don't normally transition. (laughs) To real-life NFL? Yeah. Like, you got to watch the games, people. Call me crazy. (laughs) So, I mean, but with that offense, and if Rodgers is tip-top, there's no reason why that shouldn't be a good team. But who knows? Yep. All right, well, good end to Sunday and Monday for the first week of the NFL season. It'll be worth the wait uh, with Cowboys, Giants on Sunday night and Bills, Jets on Monday night. And we haven't even mentioned the Commanders here, AJ, at sold-out FedEx Field. How is FedEx Field going to handle a sellout crowd? That could be a mess. I feel like we did mention the Commanders. (laughs) We, we, We made a definitive statement about the Commanders earlier. So they are seven point favorites. And in the NFL, that's a lot, right? In fact, I am scrolling. I actually think that might be the widest point spread of any game for opening week. No, nope, take that back. Ravens, Texans. But that's the only one that beat it. Ravens are ten your your Ravens are ten point favorites against the hapless Texans. Yeah. Other than that, how about that? How about these two favorites this week? The commanders. The Commanders are the second highest favorite in the NFL, and James Madison is a seven-point favorite at UVA. It's an interesting time in Virginia. It is. It's like it's raining up and cats are chasing dogs kind of interesting time. How's that one? That's good. I think there's (laughs) going to be a lot of flags planted come Monday. Meaning? Meaning we'll know more about JMU. We'll know more about where these teams are going. Yeah, I think JMU will know more about Commanders, not necessarily. because I mean, I, we all think Arizona's a really bad team, and the Commanders should win. Now, if they win 35-7, to now that's showing us something, something like that. But, you know, if they win like the line says they're going to win, maybe like 28-20 or something like that. Afternoon's um, going to boycott if you don't win, I'm telling you. <laughs> there you go. You want your guy quarterback, Jacoby. That might happen, too, if they don't win on Sunday. All right. Uh, thanks to Matt Josephs. He stuck around for almost the entire first hour, so we did that mini 
Monday mashup on Tuesday because we didn't have a Monday show with Labor Day. Jalen Walker from uh, JMU uh, joined us to preview the Virginia game uh, this Saturday at Scott Stadium. All right. Do it all over again. Midweek edition of the Sports Huddle coming up on Wednesday. Um, we will join you then. Thank you, AJ. Appreciate it. Talk to you tomorrow afternoon at 4, 1061 ESPN. Go, Jacoby. 1061 ESPN on.